0: Hello, my name is Len Baer. Uh, I am here every Sunday uh, with Anna Toleda to give you an update uh, on the historic lawsuit, Target Justice V. Garland. If you have not heard about this lawsuit, which I really doubt, this is the the, it, it, the importance of this case is so hard to overestimate. Um, I recently uh, posted the Substack explaining why we call this this, um, case historic. And it's historic not because it's about targeted individuals. It's because the due process clause is at stake at the core of this lawsuit. And so constitutionally, fundamentally, It is so important to every American, not just target individuals, every American. And um, with that, I'd like to say hi to our um, plaintiff's attorney, a board member of Targeted Justice, um, and a very, very nice lady whom I like a lot. We became friends and I just admire what you do. Anna, good morning.
1: Good morning, Len, and same same goes to you. I admire and you're my inspiration in so many ways to keep going. So good morning, nice to be here.
0: Good morning to you. And um, uh, today we also have a very special guest. His name is James Martinez, and if you have not heard this name, you probably heard about MK Ultra and Church's Commission and he was one of the whistleblowers in the MK Ultra um, investigation. Um, he um, his work was um, uh, incorporated in uh, in uh, to uh, famous book by um, Walter boward Operation Mind Control. If you have not heard about this book, you really don't know what MK Ultra is about. So James. I know uh, it was sort of a last minute thing and we really appreciate you made the time. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. All right, James, uh, we'll talk to you a little later. Uh, For now, uh, we will um, um, talk to Anna, uh, who will give us an update about what transpired in the lawsuit uh, filing uh, filings, uh, what work has been done? Uh, please give us an update, Anna.
1: Yes. Good morning. Thank you. Um, I haven't. I don't have much to report in terms of uh, filing because this this week is. It was my goal. It was my goal to have uh, filed the opposition to the motion to dismiss by today. However, uh, it, it's working every day. 12 hour days, sometimes it's not enough because for many reasons. Now now I have to figure out how to reduce the amount of pages because there's a 25 page limit and there is so much to be said. But uh, most importantly, is that this case presents a, you know, in, in the United States courts most of the um, uh, arguments, yes, there is the law, but most many of the arguments, particularly in the um, Bivens context, which is when you sue federal officials for civil rights violations, well, a lot of that is based on prior case law. And uh, the facts of these case are so outrageous in so many ways that they do not adhere, they cannot be boxed into. Uh, most of the case law that already exists. So that's where, and that's what I love about this profession, that it calls for the creativity of the mind, where you have to explain how, for example, the fact that um, innocent civilians are put placed in this list, and uh, this list is distributed, well, that constitutes a seizure of their their privacy, because uh, they have their privacy right and their right to their reputation, right to their reputation, is a corollary of the privacy uh, rights that are contained and protected by the Fourth Amendment. Uh, there's also the uh, the aspects of the uh, undue and illicit electronic surveillance, and uh, a, you know sneaks and sneak and peeks, and and all of, all of the going into the houses of people. Uh, you know, that, that's like the second aspect of it. But the, the primary aspect, which is the uncontroverted fact that uh, innocent civilians are being placed on this list and then nefarious consequence happen thereafter. Uh, that, that is what, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with. Also, uh, you know, I am targeted too. And as you, as you can imagine that the targeting on many people has been racked up uh, since the filing of the lawsuit. So you know I sometimes all of a sudden I just fall asleep out of nowhere uh and and it's it's a huge effort but it's not one that I haven't been able to fight and uh prevail uh, against. So um I sent you this morning a little bit of some of the arguments that we're um you know touching up on and while I've been writing this one of the things that shocked me uh when I did research is that there have been dozens if not hundreds of lawsuits filed pro se by many targeted individuals in the federal realm i am i'm going to make it after i'm done with this i'm going to make an inventory of you know the plaintiffs the defendants and and most of them obviously have been dismissed they all being dismissed and sometimes without even having the benefit of the defendants having answered Many of these are not published in the official federal supplement books. Uh, they are only uh, published in Westlaw. And, you know, I wasn't going to, uh, you know, devote my time into reading why each one was uh, dismissed. But that is an exercise that I'm going to be doing, because I think that the problem of targeted individuals is, is something that has been popping up around the nation in different court rooms. And, um, since it's been done pro se and, you know, maybe sometimes all over the place in terms of not knowing exactly where it initiated from, well, these cases have been dismissed, but that doesn't mean that those people didn't have a a real cause of action and real damages. Uh, So I'm going to be working on that as soon as I file this, which I intend to file probably by Monday. Uh, One of the the aspects that, you know when you when you're working, uh, thinking all the time, thinking, thinking. One of the things that um, that became very clear in this case, which is is a, that at the stage of motion to dismiss, which is this initial stage, the court has to take as true the well pleaded facts in a complaint, meaning that even if they sound a little strange, if they are well pleaded, it is the court's duty you know as per the supreme court precedent it is the court's duty to deem them as correct later on with discovery and and uh, you know s- summary you know the, enters the summary judgment state where states where where defendants can say well you know this is not plausible before this and this reason but at this stage every a, every a statement of fact contained in the complaint that is well averred the court must take as true um, eh, unless it's something just absolutely ridiculous, which is not the case here, because as I have repeated many times, over 80% of this lawsuit is based on government documents and prior testimony. Going to that prior testimony, we have three a conflicting Testimonies, which are or, or, or evidences, which is what should like ring all these bells. Uh, and, and it's one of the things that I'm arguing for. And it is that, you know, uh, the United States, the, the Federal Bureau of Investigations, former uh, deputy director of the Terrorist Screening Center, uh, stated in, under penalty of perjury that there were some exceptions. To the terrorists, uh, uh, deroga- having derogatory information or suspicious, um, you know, a reasonable grounds to include people in the list, but those were exceptions that were that had to do with immigration purposes. That's one part. Then you have Mr. Robinson in this case stating. That there's other people included in there, but it's under secret criteria. Which one of the arguments we're, you know, saying here is that's completely illegal. You cannot have, you know, in the United States government under the uh, Administrative Procedures Act, all the actions that uh, agencies carry out have to be published. The regulations have to be publicized. So um, that's a- another version, and then. You have the third version, which is the Office of the Inspector General of the Department of Justice and the Department of Justice audit reports of the terrorist screening center, where they talk about non-investigative subjects being uh, illicitly on the list because they don't either meet the criteria or the investigations were closed and they were never uh, taken out of the list and many other reasons. But the important thing is that those reports, none of them mention, none of them mention the supposedly immigration purposes that Mr. Groh mentioned in his statement as the exception to the rule, which is no exception really, because 97% of the people on the TSDB are under handling codes three and four, which are the people that when they go to the to the airport, don't have to go through additional screening as the people in selection in number two, okay? so. Mr. Gross, said, no, it's a little exception, a little, a few people. No, it's not. It's 97% of the list. And in fact, the United States Department of Justice documents attest that only 0.29% of the entire TSDB at the time of that audit report constitute known and suspected terrorists. Only 0.29%, not even a 1% of the entire list. So what we're talking here is a terrorist database that is not for terrorists. And that's illegal because the Homeland Security Presidential Directive clearly states that it's only that is a law enforcement tool to include known and suspected terrorists. This takes me to another of the arguments that we're going to be setting forth before the court, which is that federal officials only have immunity when they act pursuant to the law. And maybe they deviate a little bit, but they're acting. In this context, we have that there's there's not even a statute from Congress. It's an executive order. And the a, Mr. Ray and Mr. Cable are clearly deviating from the instruction of the executive order that says you are to watch out for the civil and constitutional rights of people, and you are only to put... Known as suspected terrorists on this list, and that is uh, an outrageous deviation of the law. Therefore, it is our argument they are not entitled to immunity. And why this is really important is because you see, like uh, Len, like you like uh, to to mention the synchronicity of the historic moment we're living in. You know, we, we filed suit in January, and just three weeks ago, the whistle, or a month ago, the th- whistleblowers in Congress were stating, number one, that uh, the top brass of the FBI forces uh, people, forces agents to swell the ranks, the list of the TSDB, and put people, classify them as domestic terrorists, number one, and number two, that financial incentives and bonuses are given to people that classify innocent Americans as domestic terrorists. Why would anybody be paying agents to carry out the illegal act of of categorizing an innocent civilian, an innocent American citizen or legal resident as a domestic terrorist? that comes from above the only the only ones that can do that are the supervisors not in fact uh one of the oil one of the whistleblowers says this is a conduct that even if i didn't want to carry out or my supervisor didn't want to carry out we couldn't fix the system and this is part of the congressional record so it is our position that and i'm only discussing you know the context of mr ray and mr cable because i can all, I, I i will also obviously discuss the other ones but in terms of these two persons history the synchronicity of events has uh, gotten to the point where the court has to take judicial notice of the fact that these are not just you know the well-pled facts of a complaint but right now our present history is telling us that that there is a lot of truth to these allegations. There's also the articles of impeachment against the director of one of our defendants in his individual capacity, precisely for irregular or illegal conduct. So in this sense, I think that, uh, you know, so many things are happening because this is a case that has to have happened a long time ago but this is the historic moment where it had to happen because all all the parts are coming of the jigsaw puzzle are coming into place. And uh, for example, uh, as, as James will probably talk about, um, the, the fact that MKUltra and Pro, even though it has been acknowledged that they were illegal, that they violated the civil and human rights of people, there were no consequences for anyone. It was not even a slap in the hand, and what we intend to do here is to ensure that those um, crimes against humanity, the ones that in the past and the ongoing ones right now stop once and for all uh, so you know it is our posture that that uh, qualified immunity does not apply here because these are willful violations of the law. the only law uh you know, law, and it's not even law, which is the executive order, says they cannot do this. They cannot, they can only put known and suspected terrorists on this list. And then there's the privacy rights. There's the TransUnion versus Ramirez case that I have already talked about that that concluded categorically that a person that is erroneously designated as a terrorist, and that information is publicized to third parties, that is presumed to cause a damage, and that grants a person injury. In fact, uh, so uh, in in that sense, um, you know, I'm working very hard to get it all uh, filed, probably by tomorrow. Um, I only have this one pair of eyes to look at my documents, contrary to you know our adversaries that have all these levels of, of review. So I just uh, have my God helping me in this uh, in this huge endeavor that I have, and I thank everybody um, supporting me uh, in, in this endeavor. Also, um, regarding, for example, Mr. Garland, eh, we cannot lose sight of the fact that the three main defendants, Mr. Ray, Mr. Garland, and Mr. Mayorkas, uh, have been issued articles of impeachment. Eh, the The conduct has been um documented before congress and i'm gonna just request that the court you know take judicial notice as they have so far as i requested so far a, as part of the adjudication of the motion to dismiss um so you know i don't have much more to report because like i said you know i i haven't filed it yet i have been working real hard on it and it's uh it's just a huge endeavor but i'm very happy because um the historic moment that we are living, coupled with the strong documentation, the the thorough documentation that is behind this lawsuit is gonna make it very hard uh, for, for it to go the way of the dozens, if not hundreds of people that tried to petition for redress of grievances and were not able to. I'm confident that that uh, the truth and justice is going to prevail and that uh, we're going to move on to discovering the case. I don't know if you have any questions, Glenn.
0: Uh, I actually do. Uh, um, a couple of questions that uh, came to mind. First of all, th- first is a comment. Uh, the fact that not just the agencies, but the individuals are being named defendant is extremely important because without individual responsibility nothing will happen everybody will be hiding behind this uh uh government bureaucracy and it's like this is just the way we do it no there isn't there has to be an individual responsibility then things will change send these people to jail then People who will take their place will think twice whether they want to follow in their steps. So that individual responsibility is extremely important, and I support this strategy 100%. I'm looking forward to reading the motion. And my second question is, um, it's actually my uh, uh, something that has been on my mind you mentioned that there are three conflicting statements in this case. And one of them is by uh, Mr. Robinson, uh, who um, uh, in his um, declaration mentioned secret criteria. And the motion that contains that exhibit talks about law enforcement privilege. So I'm a little confused. Uh, Is uh, this secret criteria a criminal criteria, or are they national security criteria? Because if that, if if the 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 motion to dismiss st- uh, talks about law enforcement privilege, that's a criminal. That that's that's not a national security term. It only applies to criminal. And so, and then there's a the, then there's a declaration that talks about secret criteria, and we can't. Uh, uh, disclose them to the public so is he also talking about uh, criminal cases because this is not a criminal database this is a database with terrorists and suspected terrorists there's nothing, it's not it's not a criminal database please indulge my curiosity i this has been on my mind for a few weeks now
1: okay well one of the cases that uh, i am citing in in my reply is that um, the government likes to uh, pull out the flag of national security when they don't want to answer things that would reflect illegalities, you know, just hush-hush. However, there is an executive order that uh, already uh, d- did away with that and saying, no, national security and classified, if, if documents cannot be classified as information if it's to cover up agency malfeasance or, or you know, or agent malfeasance. Uh, The law enforcement enforcement privilege is for uh, the protection of sources, for example, or investigative methods, for example. Uh, And and so uh, they have successfully alleged that in the prior cases, uh, challenging the TSDB because they have involved Mm -hmm. suspected terrorists. However, in this case, it is inappropriate to allege it because non of the people in handling codes three and four are criminal targets. Everybody is a non-investigative subject and they have been placed in that list even though there is a total absence of reasonable suspicion to believe they are tied to terrorist activity and that is illegal. So in this context, in this motion, they didn't talk about the law enforcement privilege. They talk about oh national security concerns but the thing is that national security concerns don't apply because as very well mr timothy grow admitted the people that are the exception to the rule do not constitute a terrorist threat it is not a national security concern for the improper the improper inclusion the methodology and the formulas they use to illegally and improperly include innocent civilians in this list, so all these labels uh, go—you know—are are not applicable, and, and the court should disregard them. It's going to be our argument that the court disregard them because, first of all, none of these people have anything to do with criminal investigations of terrorism. Therefore, there is no law enforcement privilege that should protect any any uh, information. It, you know it's it's clear that, that uh if it is raised, it's only to to try to shield from the discovery of uh information that will prove how um illicit the in, this practice of including innocent American citizens and residents in this list is. So that's you know, that's part of what we're gonna be arguing, but in this one is just regarding the national security because there's no national security involved by their own admission by their own admission
0: Thank you Anna that was an excellent uh question I I have to admit they made quite a mess I mean they just threw everything against the wall and um uh, it sounds like they just uh are trying to intimidate the judge we have not heard from the judge and I am looking forward to it but they're just throwing everything whether it makes sense or not and this is a perfect example it just doesn't even make sense and yet they're just just throwing stuff at the if, at,
2: if yeah. i may
1: add something yes. Ellen. Yeah. for example they erroneously incorrectly stated in the motion that non-investigative subjects or people in handling calls three and four have the alternative yeah to remove their names through the a Homeland Security process. That is not true. And that is very serious because, you know, you cannot make erroneous representations to the court. I'm very serious about that because a, when you go to po- court, it's supposed to do a fact-finding process. And, uh, and in our complaint, we clearly stated, that that process is only available for suspected terrorists that encounter problems when they travel. And despite the fact that our second amended complaint clearly states that the individual capacity defendants in their motion stated that uh, people in handling codes three and four have uh, that are available, that mechanism, and that is simply not true. Uh, so that's another of the aspects that I'm, uh, you know, going to be uh, discussing. It's, it's very complicated, but, you know, one of, the, one of the things I absolutely love about my profession is that it compels me to continue learning every day more. And that's something I just love, you know, because uh, I, I think that's it's an exercise for the brain. And perhaps that's why they weren't able to do so much to me, because I, I I exercise the brain a lot, and and this is forcing me to exercise it even more.
0: Yeah, you you're doing just a, an outstanding job. And um, before we move to our uh, special guest, I just want to read some of the uh, top comments on the uh, from the YouTube channel uh, where we post our weekly updates, just to let you know how much you are appreciated um Craig Laforest from um, Australia uh he's actually my friend and he has a top comments as a board member of Tour, I attended the demonstration in front of uh, European Parliament building yesterday he will be on uh, one of our updates uh, to tell us about this um it was overwhelming to see and meet so many people who have V2K and burns from directed microwaves. The cruelty which comes from the people using this uh, these on us is stunning. Young and older people were there with burns on their bodies from 5G towers and satellites. Thank you, my dear friend Len, and thank you, Anna. You are remarkable the way each you each focus on helping uh, uh so many people it's an insult to our intelligence uh that perpetrators of these crimes don't believe a creator or a higher power will not bring them to justice and just a couple of more uh from jack jack's dominance uh thank you for the words of hope and encouragement and inspiration i will repeat united we stand divided we fall uh and, and and a comment from hems always look forward to these updates thank you f- thank you uh, for all your hard work trying to put a stop to this horrendous targeting program and this is just a snippet just like this is just top comments uh, just and every single one of them is full of love uh, people absolutely love you and uh, I, um I think one day uh, we will have a statue of Anna's leader, the, the woman who brought down the targeting program. I mean that if that's not in an act of hero, uh, heroism, I don't know what is. So well, thank you, Anna. You just just wanted to. Let you know how much you loved and appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. you you're totally welcome. All right, and we have um our special guest uh who is just who just disappeared from uh from our Zoom call. So
2: James, are you with us. All right, uh something
0: must be something must be happening um let's see let's wait for for a minute Let, let let me let me see if um if he shows up in the meantime i will uh uh do a short introduction um our special guest today is james james martinez uh he's one of the original mk ultra whistleblowers alongside the late uh, Walter Boward, author of Operation Mind Control. Uh, I think we have James back. James, are you there? Yeah. Can uh, you hear me? We can hear you. We can see you, but
2: okay. we can hear you. Sorry about that. I didn't realize the connection was so bad. So um, I'm sorry. I I, I just got on right now. Uh, it. I just got, I don't know, the signal wouldn't go through, but I apologize for that, but um uh I let me do this yeah. this okay are we back
0: yes yes we can see okay
2: you. okay
0: yeah so so please please tell us this is you you you're part of history you should be in history books uh and I'm currently reading uh operation mind control by Walter uh, uh Bauer, and uh I understand you collaborate with him you uh you were one of the whistleblowers everybody remembers um uh seymour hirsch whose article basically um 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 made the uh church uh, uh commission possible but the the book this incredible book that i i i'm reading every chapter and it just filled with information that is so detailed so specific and it's just horrifying um it, no wonder that uh so this is what i heard and i want you to and i want you to, to tell me what's true that the first time the book was published in 1978 the cia bought every single copy of it which was uh, later found <laughs> in their uh warehouse and that brought the um, um, price of an individual uh, a paper copy to what, like twenty five hundred dollars or something like that. That that's that's how pissed off the CIA was. That's how damaging that information was. And I know that uh, uh, since there have been you know a couple of more editions, but it is an incredible book. So please tell us about your involvement and and um in your perspective on what's going on today
2: okay um there was two books written uh the one that you mentioned in 1978 was published by dell publishing um i got involved with walter bort uh in the early 90s uh i heard exactly what happened when that first book was published uh in 1978 yes Uh, Most of the books were taken off the market when he was doing his publicity tour. Uh, There is videos of him talking about um, the fact that it was taken off the market. Um, And a lot of people, when they learned about MKUltra, they learned it. uh, It was confessed by the church committee in fact that, yeah, they were experimenting on civilians. But what was not told and what the public was lied about is that these programs were operational, hence the title Operation Mind Control. And the uh, precipice for the publishing of that and why that came to be is really um, from what was Walter Boert's neighbor, who was a Vietnam vet. Uh, when he uh, knew him before the war, he was one way. And then when he returned, he was a completely different way. And then they started investigating quietly what was going on behind the scenes and indeed, he found out that these programs were operational and that obviously um, became a concern for him and a lot of other people. Um, one of the things that Anna brought up actually is uh, one of the things that took place after the a book was published was the establishment of what was called the Freedom of Thought Foundation. And two, there were two major uh, issues with the Freedom of Thought Foundation. One was the repeal of the National Security Act by exactly what she was just talking about because national security uh, can be anything. And unfortunately, it's used as a cover for all sorts of crime and very gray areas in terms of what national security is. And I, I understood because uh, Colonel Fletcher Prouty, Colonel Tom Bearden, um, Walter boward and a host of psychiatrists and psychologists and other freedom that people were interested in, you know, maintaining cognitive liberty, uh said that this thing had to be repealed and so did uh jfk by the way and I, I might add that um just so everybody knows here that this lawsuit i put in bobby kennedy's uh email box he did respond to it he's aware of it so and also i want to add as well that there was a follow-up book uh called operation mind Called uh mind control their special researcher Edition. uh i was involved with that one and it was during the chapters when we were putting all this together that we learned about some of the um, uh, type of weaponry that was being contracted and used. Uh, in fact, there's a special chapter uh, that we dedicated to an individual that we uh, interviewed that was making uh, directed energy weapons by contractors, doing it for contractors, but he, he wouldn't uh, give out the client's names uh, we put it in the chapter, uh, one of the chapters of the special edition book. And I might add, if people want to listen to that, uh, the, the audio book of that is on uh, Spotify. It's under Operation Mind Control, James Martinez, all the audio f- uh, file. I gave it all away for free. Uh, the, the special researchers edition, the original books, and we only made 500 of them. And um, uh, then obviously it was put on the web. But we were really wanted the public to do something about this. And as far as I'm concerned, what Anna has done is uh, truly profound. This is what needed to happen a long time ago. And the fact that it's happening now, uh, it's kind of ironic with everything that's going on in the United States. Um, so I'm fully supportive of this endeavor. And I will do my uh, best I can do behind the scenes to, to make people understand now that there is a Uh, national dialogue that should be happening about this because we cannot have functional government as long as this stuff is going on it just doesn't work we we can't nothing will work so as far as I'm concerned this needs to be part of the national talking points uh, consistently because when we put out uh, the special researchers edition it was a follow-up to the original book which covered basically everything that's going on now from uh, directing energy uh, weapons to what the the, uh, world of psychiatry and big pharma was doing to exactly uh, what would be the future of what we call an organic human being, uh, the immersion uh, of machine into human biology and ultimately the ending of free will itself. So this is a very, very important lawsuit um, I, I'm going to continue to circulate it around to necessary parties so that it's discussed because there's a lot of um, a lot of pay- people made money off of what we did. Uh, and we didn't make money off that because of all the subject matter that we, we covered because it had to do with ultimately human rights itself. And had to do with trafficking of children. It had to do with uh, technology for behavior modification that we, we thought it was against people's free will. And uh, not to mention what it was going to do politically and what it was going to do on a mass level as well. So this, this lawsuit is critical uh, and I my thing is whether or not, whatever happens in the court is one thing, but I would like to see this in a public court of opinion. Uh, because most people, when they find out about this, and a lot of people do not, they're they're going to be on our side, because anybody that is um, that's used free speech today in a way that is not um, you know uh, in compliance with what's going on, and a lot of people know what's going on now, uh, they're deemed domestic terrorists, and I I, I would say ninety percent of my friends fall into the framework of this. And uh, I spoke about this privately with a bunch of people, and they're already saying, well, how do I get, the, how do I know if my name's on the list? Uh, where, where do I find out? And if so, uh, do I have to sue? What, what, what am I going to do? So it brings up uh, an enormous amount of issues. Um, the, the national security issue, is that's one of them. Um, but the, the grievances for people that I know that are, are plaintiffs on this case, uh, one of which I know fairly well, and I've talked to privately, and um, uh, I, I said uh, probably about six months ago when I spoke to her that, you know, something needs to be done that's very, very public regarding this. And this is the first step for doing this. And I, I'm in full support of all these endeavors, including the plaintiffs and all the people that that need for this to come out, because this is a very hidden secret hand that's been going on behind the scenes for a long time, even in the 90s. In the 90s, we were talking about what this was going to be utilized for and what the potential dangers were against cognitive liberty, free, free speech, and, and an ability to control your own mind. Uh, I know uh, many cases uh, that were shown to me where people were, uh, they were using voice, voice-to-skull technology and thought they were schizophrenics. And they their lives ended because of the psychiatrists that they were put in touch with, and they were put on big pharma drugs, and it broke up their it's broke up their family, it broke up their lives, it broke up it's very 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 destructive, and this is why I'm um, uh, will be uh, a full supporter of this endeavor and all the people that are assisting to getting this out in the public.
0: Thank you very much. We appreciate your support uh, and your passion and you, you 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 really set a standard for people who are like not targeted but uh there are allies and you are one of them and we need to uh, m- the goal for this uh, for this sunday update i want to bring more people who are not ti more people who um for example Used to be skeptical about all these claims, and now they change their mind. How did it happen? What convinced them? Because that would be a lesson for the rest of the population, who is basically just avoiding. It's like it's something called information avoidance. If it's gonna upset you, I'm just gonna ignore it. And that's not a mature adult behavior. This is a this is a childish. Uh, just people basically throw tantrum and say, "I don't want to hear about that." Well, next, just like you said, you have friends, I have friends, and I, I literally speak to everybody I meet at the gym, at the store. I just public awareness is the key. We cannot do it alone. Targeted individuals, the the level of human tragedy that you mentioned is absolutely astonishing, but we cannot do it alone. My question for you is: You're pretty familiar with uh, what what uh, uh, was uh, uh, happening with MK MK Ultra, and and you're familiar with the progress that the technology. Uh, uh, Neurotech uh, has made uh, some of it public, some of it top secret. But in your, please um, allow me to ask you to speculate: uh, what would MK Ultra or or some form of it would look like today? what What's your What's your vision of it?
2: Well, it's a complicated issue, and it's it's. Uh... It takes a lot of study to really understand it. Um, One of the things that uh, people do not mention when this field is brought up is the work of Marshall McLuhan. Uh, Marshall McLuhan is mentioned periodically throughout Operation Mind Control because Walter Bord always used to tell me, James, remember technology dictates modality. And what I mean by that is technology, Uh, By the inclusion of it, every time there's a new technology that's introduced, it alters the sensory balance of human perception. And the computer and the iPhone and the eventual chipping of the human brain alters the sensory ratios of human perception and also uh, changes human values. Now, we mentioned Marshall McLuhan in there, and I know Andrew McLuhan with the McLuhan Institute quite well. And he told me that... uh, Marsh McLuhan met with the Bilderbergers in the 50s. And basically when his discoveries and his commentary took place, all of that, uh, what he said was weaponized. So if you're working the technical uh, world, every time there's a creation of a new technology, it alters the sensory ratios of human perception. And therefore it alters communications, it alters value systems, and it alters how we ultimately feel and process information. Um, So that isn't even discussed because I've listened to a lot of uh, people on podcasts and radio discuss this, and they never get into that ever, and which tells me they don't really know a lot about it. Because if you're not um, mentioning Marshall McLuhan uh, and a lot of other media ecologists, that are aware of this, you don't really know anything. So the, the ongoing um, escalation of technology and its effects on the human nervous system and how we relate to each other is critical. It's absolutely critical. Everybody knows now, because I, I, I've mentioned it uh, throughout my kind of semi-public life, is when this cell phone, the mobile phone was introduced, it altered sensory space. It altered how people deal with each other. It altered how they talk to each other. It altered their values. It altered everything. And now we have an electrocuted uh, public. And what I mean by electrocuted is it means that when we change to light speed communications, it altered everything. And living at the speed of light now is a very uh, dangerous thing. And it's been put in the hands of the people that created that. What they're doing at DARPA uh, what they've been doing behind the scenes, the Pentagon, in terms of the alteration of human perception and communications, is critical. I mean, Marsh McLuhan used to say that there's no all news is fake. He was the first to say it. Uh, later, uh, Trump um, took those words and and uh, magnified them to a, and to a different understanding of what McLuhan was saying. But uh, the one one of the key components to uh, understanding. Uh, mind control and controlling human perception is the ability to have proper uh, dialogue uh, between individuals so they have a larger understanding of how um, society and cultures have been slowly conditioned over time to be um, uh, not caring of what's going on, to be a sense of separation. Um, so I bring all this up because th- this lawsuit that Anna's done is a trigger point to create much more uh bigger dialogue and in not only the united states but other countries because it's my understanding there's targeted people and this technology is probably being used in uh, um, uh diplomatic uh areas in other uh countries so uh without people um jumping to uh conclusions i would tell people that maybe listening to this or looking at the subject for the first time to read the read or listen to the audio versions of operation mind control the special research edition but also study communications um study the work of marshall McLuhan, and then include that in their uh perspective and understanding what's going on i'm i'm communicating with you from the amazon rainforest because i'm specifically taking a media fast but i mean guys i'm stopping all my interactions with electronics. I jumped on this because of your request to do so, but normally I would take uh, you know three weeks out and get off all of communications and give my nervous system a break so that I, I can uh, deal with my, my organic self in a much more healthy manner. So um, I, just, I bring up all those subjects as pinpoints just so people can reference them and review them for themselves but ultimately i understand that this this case that anna's doing and everybody involved with it uh i would just say that the interviews that she has done whether it's mike adams or sean stone uh circulate them everywhere everywhere all over the place i'm going to continue to elevate the uh, um, uh publicity on this thing and um Uh, Now that um, I know that you do this Sunday, I'm I'm trying to try and get Bobby Kennedy on here because he's one of the few people that I've spoken to personally that totally understands this and you don't have to sell it to him at all. And he he's a targeted individual himself. He already knows that. So um, uh, I want to just encourage everybody having to do with this to to stand tall, stand their ground and just keep moving forward. Excellent.
0: Excellent. Thank you very much for this. I, I found your uh, vision very insightful. Um, and this is why, because I met and I spoke to a lot of very smart people, public intellectuals and professional skeptics. And uh, when you bring the topic of mind control, they just sort of make fun of it. It's like, oh, it's like roboticized humans. No, this is not what what mind control is is controlling your sensory input and that will affect uh the decisions that you you make that's what ultimately mind control is it's not this so and and I met a lot of people who just simply don't understand it because they are it's it just not under their, uh, it's not on the the radar and this is why a public conversation is extremely important i'm 100% with you and uh, um bobby kennedy uh, the slogan that his campaign has tell the truth is incredible it's simple um and and um just, just I think that's what we that's what we need. We need to tell the truth and have a public conversation. So, thank you very much for this complicated but very insightful, very um, adequate understanding of of this problem. Um, You're welcome. I have one more uh, question for you. Um, so, last time on um, on the Sunday uh, show. At the end of the show, I told the story of uh, Peter Buxton. And if you don't know who Peter Buxton is, he is just like you, he's a whistleblower who brought down the Tuskegee experiment. And I read an expert from um, President Clinton's um, apology speech, which was very powerful. I mean, I, I the, the it, this I can imagine that something like that would be at the end of you know, destroying this targeting program. But then I got curious and I and I s and I said, well, how many times has the US government actually apologized for any wrongdoing? And there are only five cases. And so one of them is Tuskegee um radiation studies uh japanese uh, uh uh encampments uh slavery and um uh treatment of indigenous people five times that's all that's all we got from from the government. five apologies why there's no apology for mk ultra
2: what do you think because a lot of them uh are... Cognitive dissonance is a very powerful thing. And when somebody is presented with facts and testimony and uh, things of that nature that support what mind control has done, um, it makes people very uncomfortable because nobody wants to be made a fool of in public. Um, I think that that's what it is mainly. I have not had... Uh, problems myself convincing anybody um, but I understand other people do because people just blow it off because they just don't want to deal with it nobody wants to look like a fool and that's a lot of what um, why people pick up a, a strong wall uh, between the truth and then understanding the truth um, I think that's what it is I, I mean I, I haven't experienced that uh, myself but I haven't been yet in a situation where I'm gonna have to confront uh, authority figures that are gonna try and gaslight me, which isn't gonna work. Um, I'm I'm aware of all the techniques of, I mean, it became uh, much more um, serious with me during the COVID thing, because I knew they were using uh, group psychology and uh, manipulative techniques to um, get people to bypass their free will and go under certain pressure techniques to get people to uh, take the kill shot. And uh, I was on a conference call and brought it up to uh, Bobby Kennedy. Actually, that's how I got to know him and said, they're using mind control to complete this operation and get it done. And then I was furnished with uh, the mind mapping documents that were given to me that were uh, signed off in, uh, in Europe, in England specifically. And they, they admitted it, they admitted what they were doing. Um, this coercion, uh, pressurized coercion and the manipulation of facts and deception and all the things they were doing. This is what brought it up to me uh, even more so. And I think that I, I did correspond with the, the, uh, the psychologists that they kind of got some uh, national credit to regarding mass formation um, psychology. And I'd agreed with that. But again, um, it, 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 this subject matter, is, it's complicated because it, it, um, there, there's a lot of uh, uh, pieces of the puzzle. It's not just somebody sitting in a, in a box somewhere and pressing a button. It doesn't work like that way at all. It's much more uh, uh, fine-tuned. And some of it is uh, not uh, aggressive. You know, when, you, when you're controlling and reformatting language, which is what's going on now. Language controls human perception. It's the lens between understanding and uh, feeling. And when they're altering the word and altering the language, you're controlling, you're controlling human perception itself. That's just language. That doesn't have anything to do with electronics. They're doing that right now with this case. I know it. I haven't studied the case entirely, but when you start changing the language and use gaslighting on top of the language, it alters uh, perception of it. And that's what they're doing throughout uh, the US right now is they're uh, creating new language and re- redefining it, which is altering the sensory balance like we spoke about before. So it, it, it covers uh, a lot of territory, but I, I would um, suggest people, if they're gonna look at this from a you know uh, kind of fresh perspective, it's to study the works and we'll look what's going on at the, uh, the McClellan Institute, headed up by Andrew McClellan, who I know well, and he understands exactly what's going on, though he stays in his section uh, about this because he's basically uh, um, using his father's work as a tool, uh, ther- therapeutic metaphor, so to speak, to uh, assist people to um, alter their perceptual uh, lenses willingly. Um, some things that the psychologists don't do. Uh, at all, but this is a very important thing that he's doing the McClure Institute, but not only for just um, civilians, but also for children as well. So, just wanted to add that.
0: Yes, that's very important. I noticed that uh, just on the top of off the top of my head, we just there's a new definition of truth. Did you know that? That truth is no longer a fact. It's a it's just a culturally accepted concept what <laughs> since when <laughs> uh and then uh we we're defined vaccines but right. I, I mean just it, these are really important concepts uh and as far as mass formation hypothesis and, and manipulation of language yes this is extremely important but what what puzzles me is that a lot of people accept that but there's a next level of um, manipulating somebody's uh, uh, way of thinking, and it's direct intervention at the brain level. And for a lot of people, it's a step too far um, mm-hmm. because there's a peer pressure; nobody wants to uh, um, get a label of a conspiracy theory. But this is where this is where truth. Not the new definition, but the the actual scientific truth, uh, which is never 100. It's just a level of conf- uh, uh, um, uh, confidence. But nevertheless, this is the best method we have for actually knowing things. But people don't want to know it. So this is a this whole conundrum is. just I I just sometimes i just i'm just speechless like right now i'm i'm speechless please please help me
2: (laughs) well you know uh language and the effect of language is primarily the tool in which we perceive the world and when you're manipulating the language and you're doing that with technology uh and we're moving at the speed of light it gives tactical advantage to the people that are in the hand that have the technology. Uh, I, people say, well, what do you do, James? And I say, well, I'm a media ecologist, which is, it's just true. Media ecology is the study of how technology affects uh, human awareness, perception, and ultimately uh, the cultural conditioning of how we understand and communicate with each other. Uh, I specifically deal with disruptive technologies and go and meet with the purveyors of the technology and to discuss the media ecological ramifications of the deployment of that technology before the technology is deployed, not after. They didn't do any of that. No, there was no discussions about what the cell phone was gonna do. Uh, they just put it out, right? And there needs to be more dialogue between, between before there's any technology that's ever inserted into culture. That's what the McLuhan Institute is about just creating dialogue and understanding that our media extensions and our technologies affect our sensory ratios. Now, when you take that part and you add on the control of language and the use of directed energy weapons, just those three elements themselves, you can control populations with it. It's simple as that. Uh, Of course, with those um, uh, several things, there is a lot of research uh, regarding that matter. So um, that's why I always tell people, um, don't don't just read one book and uh, think that you've got it all figured out. Make sure that you're studying communications, you're studying electronics, you're studying uh, media ecology, and you ultimately uh, have a um, more of a mosaic perception of how uh, uh, you perceive your world. Because they know what they're doing. Uh, They've known for a long time. And the utilization of these technologies, including um, uh, child abuse, are all intertwined. Because ultimately, y- y- you're you're a central nervous system, and when that, you when you ma- manipulate the central nervous system, then ultimately you, you you've uh, uh, hijacked the host. The host being the um, personality or the identity that was you before your name, because you you. You're not your name, that was a name given to you, but there's an entity and spirit inside of you that that's that's the host and that's what they're after. And that's why they give these children these electronics from such an early age is because they hijack their central nervous system. That's part of the mind control that they're doing now. So uh, it's very uh, sadistic and evil.
0: Thank you very much, James. It's been so informative and so refreshing and uh i just want to thank you for joining us today i think a lot of people will be just not shocked but encouraged by the level of your confidence like you know what you're talking about you 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 have this multidisciplinary approach that allows people to see things from a different perspective instead of instead of a this narrow, narrow, narrow point of view. So please give us, at the end, some words of wisdom and tell us, are you optimistic, Steve? Uh, I mean, it's Steve, <laughs> James, are you optimistic?
2: Well, I'm more optimistic now that this lawsuit has been filed because this is the first time I've uh, ever heard of someone, somebody going head to head like this. This is really important because that didn't exist before. Uh, I wasn't aware of somebody going head to head like this, but this has to be done now. So um, that's a very uh, important part of being optimistic is know that this fight is going on and that people are becoming more and more aware of their awareness. I always tell people don't be on autopilot with And your feelings. we're losing you. We, we're losing the connection. all the technological extent, everything has an effect. it's all it's it's only it's only until we uh, address and have proper dialogue about these things that we can get a hold of it and grab it, but, um, uh, there's a, there's a, there's a lot to it. So, um, I would, um, encourage people to, um, know that there are ways out of it. There there's, what I know is going behind the scenes right now is there's, uh, people meeting behind the scenes that are uh, in fact, um, uh, trying to create a new language of understanding to deal with this as a counter to it. I, I know some of these groups, they haven't been really public yet, but, uh, this, this, uh, this is part of it, so um, I'm very uh, encouraged by what Anna is doing and all the people that have put their names as plaintiffs and the fact that there's uh, creating national dialogue with this, so uh, my job really is to uh, see to it that this gets maximum publicity and dialogue because this is, this is the heart of the matter right here because they can't pull off all the things that they're doing if without the manipulation of human perception, it won't work uh, at all. So this is extremely important uh, to my life work and to and to that of others. And I, I won't allow the memory of my uh, uh, colleagues and friends who are no longer with us to think that their lives meant nothing. Um, because now is now is our moment in to to liberate the human condition.
0: Amen. thank you James this is this is an incredibly encouraging message and um we're so grateful to you um because what you're doing is so important to us but also to humanity this is a this is a question of What kind of species we will be? We at this turning point, and before it's too late, we need to preserve humanity because that's who we are. This is how important it is. So, thank you, James. You got.
2: Um, Thank you so much, guys. I appreciate it. Absolutely,
0: Anna. Please uh, give us some uh, words of wisdom. um, so people um, can have a wonderful uh, um, um, the rest of uh, Sunday. I know you you, you have so much uh, empathy, passion and enthusiasm in you. Give us some of that special source of energy leader.
1: Well, first of all, I want to thank uh, James because it is courageous people like him that changed the world. And he, I, for, for, for some weeks now we have been, uh, communicating and he has made possible what has gone out there. It's, it's because, you know, he, he has made a huge effort. And so I, I really have to, um, uh, you know, courage for me, I, I believe it's a virtue in danger of extinction, And when you see people, uh, that, uh, that are the incarnation of courage. Well, it's very, it, it's it, you, you get a lot of hope, and and that's um, that's why I got out of this. Uh, I learned a lot more about him than I knew until we started this. I do want to address something that he said. That his friends, many of his friends, uh, are like. Well, how do I know if you're? I'm in the on the list. And that's obviously one of the goals that we seek with this uh, lawsuit—to get access to, you know, the handling codes three and four, and make it available to people, you know. But uh, one one of the things that, uh, as as you know, this the targeting begins so slight that people don't notice things happening, and and I have been able to. It's just. Uh, strange illnesses happen to you, you know, or, or in the mornings you wake up, like I have mentioned, and your body is not, it doesn't feel quite right. That's because you have been very lightly microwaved. So ask your friends, you know, ask your friends that don't know yet that they're targeted. Do you feel a little strange? Are you, are your mornings not the same? Uh, Do really weird things happen with your electronics? Because that's, I, I watch a, po- uh, a YouTube a podcast sometimes in the morning and the host, who I'm, I'm, he's a famous person, I'm not gonna say who he is, but he, he's always having issues with his printer. And I know it's he's so very targeted and he doesn't know it. it so it's, it's just my, my advice to those that wonder, am I on the list? My advice boils down to these two words, pay attention. Pay attention to the things that happen, seem to be random happening now, and that they normally didn't happen in your life. And when you start paying attention, that's when you realize, oh, my God, this might be it. Uh, and and uh, I'm just really thankful to have him on on board to help us um, spread this, because like he very well said, this case... Many people don't understand it, but this case is the cornerstone, a cornerstone to bring down the mind control of a population that has been planned to pretty much take over. And, uh, and like I have said before, this is the first of many cases we have in the works to fight that mind control and to fight for freedom because we are born to be free. And that's why... I am giving all my heart and soul to this case because we, it, you know, freedom is a basic human right that we all must fight for. You know, so thank you. Thank you, Len, for your efforts and for doing this and and just and thanks, James, because you were awesome. Thank you.
2: Thanks, thanks a lot, guys. guys.
0: Yeah, thank you. I really have nothing else to add. I mean, what can you add to these messages? pay attention, care about your freedom. It's been a wonderful show. And I will see you next Sunday. And our special guest will be Derek Robinson of PACT International. And we will be talking about unity in the TI community. And I think this unity needs to extend beyond the community. We need to unite as Americans, to win this war against humanity. Have a
2: wonderful Sunday. Take care, guys. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you.